0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 21 of PogRx. I am your host, GamerDoc. On today's show, we are talking with the general manager of Evil Geniuses, Mr. Andrew Barton, and we're going to teach you some really cool stuff about how to get into an esports organization, what those people are looking for, and maybe even how to get a job at an esports org if that's something you're interested in. But before we do that, I want to talk about something that is one of the most useful tools I have ever learned and it's not even a tool anymore. It's just become integrated into my life. It's like when you learn a new word and all of a sudden you hear it 27 times in the next week, there's so many more uses and applications me, you know, for it. And that is relationship building. Oh yeah. Welcome to Oprah Winfrey's eSports podcast because we're about to talk about relationship building. And why that is so relevant to esports and why that is so relevant to gaming is because in order to be effective in any job you are in, whether it is a player, a coach, a performance coach, a general manager, anything, a parent, you have to be able to form a relationship. You have to be able to build trust and to generate buy-in. And it does not matter who you are, what you are. These things can help you do your job better. And it's wild because I'm working with players, I work with with coaches, and this is one of the hardest things for them to understand and comprehend, and it's one of the hardest skills, but once you learn it, it is the best. It also helps you with the rest of your life, you know? It's like the things you learn on this podcast that make you better at gaming also make you better at living. And... So let's talk about relationship building. When you first meet someone and you or you are trying to further your relationship with them, whether it's professionally or personally, you have to make them feel comfortable, right? As soon as people feel defensive, the conversation's over. You're not going to get anything out of it. So what I want you to practice is active listening. Now what active listening is... Is when you are talking to me and you are speaking on a subject or we're discussing a topic or we're just talking about anything, what am I doing? Am I actually listening to what you're saying and processing it as it comes in? Or am I thinking about what I'm going to say when you stop talking? And how many people at home right now are like, oh yeah, I do that. You do do that. People in your lives do it and you start to notice it because if I'm constantly thinking about what I'm going to say in response to you, I'm not thinking about what you're saying and so I'm not processing that and so I'm not taking in that information. So what is going to make you... So much more effective in anything you do is to turn off that part of your brain that is constantly thinking about what you're going to say in response. Don't time travel. Stay in the present. Don't think about what was being said. Don't think about what you're going to say in the future. Process the information. Continue to actively listen. And then when the pause comes in the conversation where it is time for you to speak, you're going to have all of that information that you can respond with as opposed to responding on what was said a minute ago. Because that's what happens, right? If if you're especially if you're in a big group conversation with people with egos, it's really hard to get a word in. It's so hard to get a word in. And so someone says something and you really want to you really want to respond to that topic. So you you hold it and you're thinking about what you're going to say, and then there's a brief pause in the conversation and someone else cuts in. And they start talking, they start responding to what that person said. And so you're like, "Okay, well, when that guy stops talking, I'm going to say what I was going to say." And then finally you get a word in. But what happens, the conversation has moved on and you don't know where the conversation is and so now you sound dumb because you aren't responding to what that person said, right? Stay present, stay active and stay listening and stop thinking. You can process, but don't think. It's really helpful for me if I'm in a big group and it's important, I just take notes. I take notes about what I'm going to say or what I want to circle back to, right? I just take notes about what's happening and then I can continue to process. And I'm not going to forget active listening. Mirroring. Oh my God. This one has changed my life. Okay. Mirroring is basically if someone says something in a conversation that you don't agree with or you think is gonna be an issue, instead of just going at them and being like, What do you you just said this. What about all of the reasons why you are wrong? All you do is you take what they said in short form and repeat it back to them. Okay. I don't want my players to be working out. I'm not gonna work out because it's gonna get in it's get, going to get in the way of my solo queue time. So I what I could say to them is There's 24 hours in a day. You sleep seven to eight of them. The other 16, that's not math, is it? 16 hours. You're solo queuing. You're practicing for 10. So then you have six more hours. So in those six hours, what are you doing? Are you exercising? Are you on TikTok? Are you, what are you doing in that time? That is the time that you should be exercising. We're not taking away from your solo queue and your scrim time. I could say that, right? Or I could say, It's taking away your solo queue time. When you mirror and then you sit in silence for a second, they come to the conclusions on their own. They do. Try it. I triple dog dare you to try it with your partner or your parents the next time you have a conversation with them and you want them to not think the things they're thinking, right? It's by, by mirroring, you're saying, help me understand this more. And it forces them to negotiate with themselves. It's cutting into your solo queue time. Well, I mean, it's not, I guess we could exercise before solo queue. I'm only, you know, I'm starting, practice starts at noon. So we could go earlier. They start to come to the conclusions by themselves, right? And that is how you are successful in negotiations. It is by allowing them to come to the conclusion, not agreeing with you, agreeing with themselves, agreeing with themselves, not agreeing with you. Another one that has really helped me is just addressing the negative immediately, right? So I am working with players and coaches who maybe have worked with performance coaches in the past who haven't been useful or maybe have been a waste of time or maybe even been hurtful. And so they might not think that I am providing them a service and they might think that it's a waste of their time. So when they come in and they sit down across from me, you know, I look at them and I say, it seems like you don't think what i can provide you is going to make you play better but what i can tell you is that i'm going to prove that to you right i'm addressing the fact that they think that this conversation is a waste of time because if we don't address that it's going to simmer in the back of their mind the whole time and they're gonna be thinking about that and not thinking about what you're saying diffuse the negative immediately we all are so afraid of our negative thoughts, our our anger, our fear, our sadness, our mistrust. We're so fearful of allowing those to come to the surface. And we're so afraid of those things that we spend more time and energy suppressing those things than on the thing that we're focused on, right? If I'm afraid I'm not going to be successful, I'm afraid that this isn't going to work, we have to address it. You have to address it head on, stare it in its face, and remove the power. Diffuse the negative immediately. If you had a riff with someone last week, practice ends on a Friday and you and your supporter are going at it. Monday shows up, go right up to them, say, hey, I know last week we got into it and we probably both are still reeling from it, but I'm looking forward to today being a new day. Address it. Address it and then put your action item at the end. Today's going to be a new day. We're going to move past it. We're going to crush some noobs. Form relationships more effectively and you will do your job more effectively, right? Integrate these techniques, practice them at the the holiday party you're going to go to this week and hopefully not get Omicron from, right? Practice it and you will get better. Relationship building is a skill that can be trained just like video gaming is a skill that can be trained and it will make you better at every single area of your life. I guarantee you it will. I guarantee you will. Just like our PogRx. If I were to give you one thing to do right now that you could go home and do to make you better at video gaming, here it is. Did you just lose a game, maybe die in an embarrassing way, or start to feel yourself tilting a little bit? Interrupt the process that is going to take your rational gaming to irrational anger with some deep breathing. Push your chair back just a little bit. Take a deep breath in for a count of three seconds. Hold that breath for three seconds and then exhale for three seconds. This interrupts your stress response and allows you to focus back in on what matters, Poning noobs. All right, everyone, are you feeling motivated? Are you ready for the second part? All right, let's welcome our guest. Andrew Barton is the general manager at Evil Geniuses. Prior to that, he served as the general manager of Dignitas. And prior to that, he worked for the Houston Outlaws in their esports department. He is a brilliant mind in this space. He has his hand in almost every single aspect of competitive video gaming, from player signings to marketing to scrim schedules he knows everything there is to know about esports and he's only getting better so welcome to the show andrew barton andrew barton welcome to the show how are you doing today
2: doing well uh, just back in here in Texas getting ready for the holidays and then shortly here we'll be going back to la just to get ready for the start of the lCS season
1: yeah you don't get much of a break I mean the the season's starting soon and as a GM you have like a bunch of different teams working on so I don't understand how you ever rest but
2: yeah no especially I would say this year was definitely a little bit different um just because we had um, a lot of CS, Dota, and League of Legends changes all lining up at once. And, you know, when it comes to the off season, I would say, like, that is the time where it's GM's time to get to work. Um, so, you know, it, it was definitely a crazy offseason this year, but, you know, we're almost through it.
1: That's actually, this leads into a, a really good question. So for you, the off season is your busiest time you're working on. Signing new players, figuring out the next team and all of the thousands of things. I don't fully understand your job, but that's OK. I don't need to. Uh, but so what are the players doing in the off season?
2: Yeah, so for a lot of our players, um, I do stress with them, you know, hey, this is your time to get a break. I think really the culture and mindset I try to push with our guys is, you know, hey, when we're in season, you know, we all know how many hours we got to put in. Um, You know, it really is that 24-7 type of job when we're in season, and so when we're out of season, I really do try to stress to all of our players, get a break, do what you can, but, you know, make sure you're keeping up with your skills, because we also want to hit the ground running on day one, Um, so, you know, there's a little bit of a balance between how much break can you actually take and how much Mm -hmm. you have to do to get ready for the start of the season.
1: So you worked as an esports analyst for the Houston Rockets. So you were kind of in the a little bit into the traditional sports space with them. So in traditional sports, we don't really see that like stark difference where it's like in season nose to the grind and everyone's like on the bridge of burnout at any single moment. It seems like there's a lot more balance in traditional sports and so like in the off season they have a lot more emotional and mental energy to work on other things but like we don't really see that yet in esports do you think that's ever going to change or do you think that's just like the way it is
2: no i definitely think it's going to change and i think that probably speaks more volumes to how developed um traditional sports industry has become um and you know that took 20 30 40 50 years (laughs) whatever we want to call it and you know esports has been around um from a from a professional sense, I would say only for a few years, maybe, but, you know, it really has been around for 20 years. But um, now you have traditional teams coming in, traditional sports teams backed by large investments, whether from VC firms or traditional um, sports teams. And so you are starting to see knowledge being transferred Mm -hmm. from traditional teams into esports. but it is going to take time, I think, to catch up to where traditional sports is. Totally. I
1: completely agree with you. All right, so you have seen lots of players. You're GM at EG, you're the GM at Dignitas beforehand. Like I said, you were you know working for the Houston Rockets in their eSports division as well. Of all of the players you've seen, who have you been the most impressed by and why? And you don't have to use names or anything, but just like generally, what made them so impressive?
2: Yeah, I think when I, there's a few players who I definitely think of who have, come across my plate and have really impressed me um and you know a lot of that started with how they carried themselves not only in the game but outside of the game to where you know they understood that you know say the value that they are being paid is not necessarily directly related to what happens in the game at times but it also relates to what's happening outside of the game and so a lot of it does actually stem from that leadership component that when I'm constructing teams and thinking about that is actually so critical. And so, you know, I I would say like two of these players who I've met and have been so thoroughly impressed by, and, you know, I'll just go ahead and call them out, but it's been really Huni who is now at TSM and then Jojo Pion actually, um, who I worked with starting last year at the age of 16. Um, And, you know, when I met this individual, there wasn't a single aspect of his life or, him as a person you know that did not impress me and so when you're able to find special players like this it's super important to really start building that relationship with them and getting them to further understand that you know hey I need you to think more about what's going on in the game. These are some of your strengths. These are your weaknesses. And I really want to lean on you have very serious discussions about how are we going to get the most out of you and bring that to other players as well. So when it comes down to it, I'm looking at things that are not only in the game for these special types of players, but also outside of the game and how they interact with their teammates.
1: Yeah, it's like you can be good, but are you making your teammates better?
2: Correct. Like,
1: so let's talk about JoJo for a second because he's one of our you know LCS players. He was on the academy last year, uh, and the wild thing about JoJo is that you know I I started I've been playing League for like six months, and for me I'm like I'm never going to be as good as everybody else. I'm never going to be as good as anyone else. But JoJo hasn't been playing League for that long. He was a pro Fortnite player beforehand. How do you why do you think a player can go from like being really good at one game, and then transitioning to a game like League where game knowledge is huge, there's so much to learn, but he's been dominant. What? How long has he been playing? Like, two, three years? It's been something
2: like that. And I think what's really interesting about this, you actually only see typically this type of transition, I would say, between like... Um, MOBA to MOBA title, right. and so you know, if I heard he was a Dota player, I think it would make a lot more sense. But this is coming from um, a battle royale, a, a shooting game, and so to see him come into League of Legends, I think that is really unique and remarkable for him. And so, I, I don't think it's exactly common, but what's something that. I noted a few years ago i believe is we lost a substantial amount of players to the fortnite genre mm-hmm. um especially that that younger group between maybe like 13 and 17 and so we're actually missing a lot of players who are currently stuck in fortnite and so it's to kind of remind them hey There's big opportunity in other titles as well. And, you know, it's important that we're able to find these players and have conversations with them about pushing them over. And so, you know, my hope is that JoJo can actually become um, a little bit of a spokesman in the future, kind of about that, to where, like, he was able to make this move from Fortnite over to League and other players will realize, oh, wow, he did that. Maybe I can do the same. And that will help with a little bit of the player base we see in League of Legends.
1: Yeah. And I think with Fortnite, you know, it's it's more accessible to those players because if you get good, you can just play in a cash cup and win 200 bucks. And when you're 16 years old, $200 is a crap ton of money. Whereas if you want to play, you know, league professionally, you have to jump through a lot more hoops. It's not like at the end of solo queue, you get money. So how else besides, you know, Jojo being a God at LCS and being a figurehead How else do we develop the League of Legends scene in North America? Because we have a long way to go.
2: Yeah, I would say, you know, this um, issue I've kind of discussed thoroughly throughout 2021. And, you know, after speaking with Chris and Nicole a little bit, you know, we've come up with some pretty unique ideas on really what we can do. And whether that is, you know, finding a subset of players, you know, 10 players and saying to them, hey, We'd like you to try out this game called League of Legends or Dota. We want you to spend a month at grinding it out. We'll fly you out to Seattle or L.A. We want you to spend the entire month just grinding it out here and, you know, seeing if this is a game that you can translate to. And then, you know, from there, we establish that relationship. Maybe one or two out of the 10 players makes that connection. And that can be saving you dividends down the line if you're able to convert one of these newer players into Um, League of Legends or Dota or one of these other titles and so outside of Jojo becoming great and becoming that spokesman it will come down to actually like a lot of the ideas that we're coming up with and perhaps that is you know taking that 10 those 10 players saying hey we want you to boot camp for a month try this game out let's see if it sticks with you and so I think ideas like that are going to become necessary um, to change minds and whatnot just because I don't think anyone has a magical formula to figure this out and so ideas are gonna be necessary.
1: That's really cool because even if they don't have any experience with MOBAs or like League of Legends, the the, the meta's constantly changing in League, right? And you constantly have to be learning new things. So if you're able to learn the game quickly, you're gonna yeah. also be better at continuing on and, and crushing people, right?
2: Like Right, and that that's something, you know, big I look for in players. It's what is your willingness to learn. And I think, you know, in this young industry, no one, uh, you know, from my perspective, I think everyone, no matter the position you're in, has room to grow and yes. learn. And I think that's true for every industry, but in particular the esports industry because it is so young. And, you know especially when you have a lot of young workers in this industry and such and so your ability to learn is something that i look for heavily your willingness to adapt to certain metas or you know even to adapt to the meta of life i think that is important as well so that's a big quality that i'm looking for
1: a meta of life is also constantly changing <laughs> patches every sure. single day uh, <laughs> all right andrew last question so if you had a prescription pad in front of you and you were going to write down one thing that players could do who wanted to you know make it on eg wanted to be a player under you what is one thing they could do today to get better at video gaming
2: i think for me and what i have looked for in players are people and maybe this answer is a little too rash and complex, but I've always looked for players who are willing to give everything up to do this. Um, And, you know, I think that is because, you know, when I met Jojo and others and Huni and I heard about their story about getting into the scene, you know, they gave up everything. I would say, myself included, I gave up so many friends, opportunities to pursue this. And so I am looking for players and, you know, employees and whatnot who are willing to give it all up um, to do what they love. Because I think, you know, you have to have so much passion in doing this job because it's not easy, nor do I ever stress to a player like, hey, you're going to come in, you're going to have a great time and it's going to be easy. There, there's going to be a lot of hard days. There's going to be a lot of trials and tribulation that you have to face in your own life and career. And so it's getting them, them to understand that if you're willing to do this, we're going to support you 100% of the way, but you have to be ready for the work that is involved with that. And so, you know, when I'm chatting with new players, it's a lot of the time I want to push back and say, are, are you sure you want to do this? Like, this really isn't for everyone. And so, you know, show me that you want to do it. I'm going to push back. But, you know, if you keep fighting for it, you're going to get that shot.
1: hmm hmm I love it. I love it. Well, Andrew Barton, Thank you so much for coming on to our lovely show and have a wonderful day and have a happy holiday.
2: Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate the time. Have a happy holidays.
1: You know, I just learned a lot. <laughs> it's wild when you, when you think, you know, a topic and you think you know so much that you don't realize that there's more that you don't know that you do know. Every time I talk to Andrew, I learn something new. I mean, every time I talk to any of our guests, I learn something new. That's it for our show. I hope you learned something. I hope you're going to be able to take this home and transfer it into actionables. Listen, I know that we throw a lot of stuff at you every week, but you have to just focus on the little things. Focus on the little things and just try, just try, try it. What's the worst that's going to happen? You fail? Who cares? No one cares. No one cares if you fail unless you're on social media all the time. Then everyone loves when you fail. Anyways, I'm your host, GamerDoc. Thank you so much for tuning in, and have a happy and a healthy week. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this show. For more information, follow GamerDoc on Twitter at GamerDoc underscore. And please remember, nothing in this video is medical advice. Yes, I am a doctor, and yes, you may need help. But this is the internet, and this is for entertainment and informational purposes only. Thank you, and have a very nice day.